0: How are you now broadcasting from the VFS studios in Milsons Point in Sydney? You are listening to the All New Bib Show Season 7, Episode 8. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, has been a part of the story and, and it's been a fantastic story. Global X were our, our sponsors and I hope am going to get them back on board for a while. But we've got a new sponsor and I'll do a quick read for them a little bit later on as we get into it. Uh, all the information in this podcast is generally in nature. If you, if you want to do something, speak to a professional advisor about your needs. If you've got any questions, speak to me. Um, I like answering questions. Heath also likes answering questions. He is my guest today, Heath Moss, HLM Investments. Heath, how are you now?
1: Uh, very well, thanks. Good morning, Jim. Jimmy, how are you going?
0: Yeah, mate, not so bad. I've got sort of uh, my earpiece isn't really working as well as I would, so everyone sounds very crackly. This episode is being recorded in Sydney. That's it. Uh, on the 17th of March. It's St. Patrick's Day, 2023. Uh, the time right now is 10.34 in the AM Sydney time. Uh Mate, uh, now, now we're going to get into the latest. But I, this is sort of the new format of the show. First off, I'm going to start with a request to you, Heath, my good friend. Yep. Um, do you want? Would you? Would you take? Would you do me the honour of taking a, on a partnership with this show at absolutely no cost to yourself and be my show co-host for at an, an, an ongoing sort of thing, as opposed to a sporadic appearance? Oh, I I would be honoured. Thank you. There you go.
1: Thank you very much. That'd be great. Uh, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm honoured by that. It's Great, well, mate. It's 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 going to be good having you on board, and we're gonna we're gonna charge on I'm trying to just trying to make it a little bit more oh, a bit more fun and friendly, as opposed to just going into the nonsense that we've uh, you know just just going. Okay, here's a guy who who's ex- extraordinarily intelligent talking to us about something, but then that's sort of start and finish. You can get that information anywhere, um, and I think that what I'm tra- what I'm trying to do with the podcast is change the way that we're talking about stuff and change make it a bit more exciting, maybe a bit more punchy as well um, that we can do. So, everyone, thank you for, for sticking around for as long as you have. Um, anyone who's listening, anyone who's still listening, and it's going to be a great thing. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick off uh, and just sort of talk about well, obviously, the week that was a little bit funny, the way that it's been bookended by um, central banks coming in and saving the day. um we've we've seen a lot of panic and a lot of a lot of strange. I woke up yesterday morning, my wife, who is uh, she's suffering a little bit of an injury at the moment, but we're also at the same time. Can you believe? that that we are of all the times to do it we are putting a second level on our house uh with interest rates where they are we'll talk about that in a second interest rates where they are and building costs also where they are we have decided to put a second level on our house and so we're we're, we're scratching around because we've got to try and move all of our stuff from where we are to a suburb two suburbs over and we've got a lot of stuff in our roof and my, my wife my wife was in tears, saying, "James, we're not going to get this. We're not going to get this done in time because we've got to move in a week." Yep. And I'll yep. Just, I just, I looked at the market as it was yesterday morning. I looked and I just went, "You know what? Today's the day." So I set my laptop up on the uh, on the kitchen table. day from home because she needed help anyway. Um, day from home, laptop there, phone in my pocket, and just move stuff. It was about thirty six degrees yesterday. i just went, "You know what? Let's just go hammer and tongs into it and just move stuff out of my roof into the uh, into our back flat so that it could all be moved out." Um, and spent an entire day doing that. Absolute sweated buckets. I probably could have. Uh, I, I, I could have. I could have jumped on the uh, jumped on the winner of the eighth race at Rose Hill yesterday, mate. The I had <laughs> lost that much weight. But look, I did it, and I think the reason why I did it. and This is one of those trading mentality things. The reason why I did it was because I didn't want to sit there looking at the market. I didn't want to read too much stuff with all of this negative, bad press and everything that was going on. I had my plan. I traded the plan. People were invested well. I went to clients and I said, this is what we're doing. We're sticking with the plan. Everything is okay. R- you know, Frankie says, relax, relax. Um, Heath, did you, how was your week with that? But but that, that was the way that I stayed off the screens and I think yeah. that was good. And we've yeah. seen that sort of come to fruition today um, that if you'd panicked this week, you did wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and I don't envy you. It's certain, certainly adding to the stresses of the market, you're stressing yourself out more and, and probably stressing your marriage a little bit there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is a bit, It is a good week to sort of stay away from the, the, the markets a little bit, keep your eyes off the screen, simply because of that volatility. If, if you sit there in front of a screen all day, you're probably going to make an emotional move and, and go beyond that trading um, strategy or, or that investment strategy. You have people get emotional, you can't avoid it. Um, so the best best way to handle that sometimes is just step away, relax, do something unmarket related. You know, I hung out with my wife and my four month old. That you know a little bit more this week because you know there's nothing I can do about the markets. The market's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. So um, I had a few calls from clients, uh, um, you know, concerned about things. You know, we just talked things through, and if it changed anything in terms of their investment uh, strategy or profiles, et cetera. And uh, for 99% of them, it didn't. Um, it was just something to ride out and and obviously maybe get a little bit excited about it because it gives us opportunity. I mean, the market here in Australia would come off almost 10% now from uh, where we were, you know, the end of January. Yep. Um, the US, uh, I think, is almost f- flat this week. So, but we've copped a little bit because of our heavy financial services uh, index, and uh, yeah. I think it creates a little bit of opportunity and something to get excited about moving forward.
0: Yeah, it, it, there was a little bit there. And, you know, let's just start with the beginning of the week. This is the annoying thing for me is that the the plan that I had over the weekend, and I don't want to co- concern myself too much since the weekend. This is something that I've been I've been talking about a lot this week, and I, I put in my note on Monday was visions of the GFC. I hate to say, I hate to say, it felt, there were times on the weekend when it felt the chat was very GFC V2. It, it did, it did,
1: yeah, yeah it sort of, because uh, I, I remember the GFC, and, and we've got to remember a lot of investors out there didn't experience the GFC, I mean, uh, a lot of investors are around that 30-year-old 30, 30 mark, you know, the GFC was well over a decade ago, and they would have missed missed all that, So, but us us older timers, uh, more experienced investors, we certainly remember that, and it certainly felt a little bit like that but i think the authorities acted very swiftly and, and promptly and did the right thing um With to bail sure out. was it Heath, did you say, did you just say bailout <laughs> no, no i didn't say bailout I, there was no it's weird, bailout. Cause it was it was a bailout it was a bailout, <laughs> no, was a bailout. No, There was no bailout. it's it's simply you know depositors How do you is, depositors getting what is rightfully theirs their their money they didn't do any investing they simply parked their money in a bank where you know, if if we want confidence in our financial systems, your money
0: in a bank should be safe. Um, yeah, that's
1: right. yeah, sh- you're, you're a bank.
0: Okay, yeah. you've got you've got these bond, you've got these bonds that have been hammered. You haven't adequately hedged that risk. Yep. You know, it's easy for us to sit here, armchair guys, and sit here and say that Richmond should have won that game last night. For example, mate, <laughs> you get out on the field; it's a whole different story. Everyone's yep. talking, everyone's. I love the way that everyone's talking is as, as if. Uh, you know that, that they've had a lifetime of experiences managing risk at a bank. It's, of course, it's the way that we went from the way that we went from being experts on on uh, health crisis to being experts on the Ukrainian conflict to being experts on bank risk um, overnight is fantastic. Yeah, but the credit okay, default. and then all of a sudden, and, and then the <laughs> Fed, the Fed is going to be able to. I don't want to say bail you out, but the, the, the Fed is uh, enabling you to trade those bonds in at par.
1: Well, I mean, for, that's a bailout. For the, for the banks, uh, for the banks, the existing banks, yes, but um, I'm talking more w- what has transpired with Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, and whatnot. They they didn't bail them out. They allowed them to go under. They just made sure depositors' funds were secured, uh, which I don't think is a bailout. What's happened with Credit Suisse? No, I think I, it's think, a bailout. You're, I think you're right. I think, I think what Swiss. happened with Credit Suisse is a bailout, 100%, $54 billion going straight to the bank's coffers if they need it to secure their balance sheet. That is a 100% bailout, similar to the TARP that happened during the uh, the GFC, whereas, yep. you know, what's happened with Silicon Valley and Signature and possibly First Republic, uh, they did decide something last night, but it could still go under, um, you know, I think um, is, is not a bailout and it's just securing their financial system and making sure there's confidence in it. Otherwise you're going to get more runs on these regional banks and it's going to cause more problems down the track.
0: Yeah, I think it was it was a little bit annoying that they sort of have created two tiers of banks now yes. with the the ones that are backed up. The ones that are backed and the ones that aren't. That sucks. Yep. Um so how much how much here we go have a guess. How much has the Fed Lended this new lending facility. How much has been used so far? Okay,
1: so I, I know the exact stats on this. I saw the stats this morning. So Damn the it. new lending facility is only twelve billion, <laughs> um, and that's—and that sort of matches up with what SVB were in the hole for: twelve billion. Um, but the the other uh, facility, the existing facility, which I believe is actually created and and backed by insurance premiums paid by the banks into that facility. They've seen 152 billion of withdrawals this week from banks, um, securing their balance sheets. Obviously, a lot of these regional banks. Um, it, I have 152.85. I've got here yeah, the FT. yeah, and 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 the and the Fed itself has expanded its balance sheet by 300 billion. A lazy 300 billion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Which which is con- contrary to everything that they were supposed to be doing at this particular part of the cycle. Really exactly. annoying sort of stuff that's has happened. Uh, yep. The okay, so let's just go through. So I've got. The FT up in front of me here. Total usage of the Federal Reserve's lending facility swelled by 160 billion in the week ended March 15, underscoring the pressure facing financial institutions following the failure of SVB. So, mm-hmm. big numbers that we're talking about. Um, it is. Balance sheet back up. Uh, look, there's there's tremors in the market. If if you'd asked me, I'm going to say I've got a friend who says asked, and it drives me insane. She knows who she <laughs> is, but. Um, I almost I almost said it like that. The, uh, if, if, you've, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the week, I would have said, okay, I reckon that the Fed is probably going to be thinking about charging on um, with more hikes because don't forget what Powell had intoned at the beginning or, oh, sorry, it was months ago. It, it, it was another one of those times when the rug got pulled out of the market. Remember how it was just like the media – goes and jacks up everyone and says, you know what, the pivot's coming, the pivot's coming, and then Powell yep. came out once a month and just said, no, it's not coming. Stop Smack doing them this. Down. Smack them back down. Yep. Um, and this is one of those times that he was very, very firm on it and he intoned, I don't know if he actually used these exact words, but he, he had intoned that it's easier for me to fix something that breaks by doing this than it is for us to continue to perpetuate this nonsense cycle and uh, mm-hmm. this nonsense low money rate, this, this being able to do it. And you know what? He was right. That something broke from doing yep. this jacking yields up sent bonds to the floor moved money out um and the, and the collateral just wasn't there the risk, and and it was and and, the, and it was fixed effectively yes, yes know, I'll, so call it fixed far. so far fixed okay it's fixed <laughs> on the way it could have been it could have been much worse it could have been not fixed um but he was right they do have the tools to fix these things so in that way i think that they are going to be i think that he's going to keep on going for as long as inflation is above their target number He's going to have to keep on doing what he's doing. What do you think? I think that he's going to keep on doing. I'm now more certain of that now. What are the numbers telling you, Heath? Um, Because I think you're on the other side of this coin at the beginning of the week. um, Well,
1: at the moment, uh, to start the week, uh, I think uh, it got as low as around 13% chance of a 25 basis hike. Mm-hmm. um next next week that's up to eighty percent again now, because obviously the market's taken confidence in um, what's happened over the week from the fed et cetera but i'm still in the the camp they'll pause uh, they have to pause It would be hypocritical of them not to pause um, They are a small part of this problem they they raised rates so quickly and the yield curve was so steep that it was part of the problem it caused these these bonds to be sold off so much um and and disrupted the balance sheets of these banks. Um that uh, we got into the situation we are now, and we can argue for forever and a day about you know whether you know the Fed was fully responsible for this by doing so much QE et cetera et etc but that's that's that could that could take us all day um, yeah. so to raise rates again next week, we fly in the face of everything they 've just done over the last week, um, trying to skill the financial system, it would cause uh, yields to um, rise again. Yeah. Um
0: and but they've already, uh, they've they've already said that they can that, that that they've already got the fix ongoing for it. By putting the the way that I see it, because they've brought this fix in at being able to say, you know what, your collateral is going to be okay at this bank, because they've brought that in, it means that they can continue to raise.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they very well could that. do, and I mean, whilst I think they they should and they will pause, I can see a situation where they raise by twenty five basis points and their statement is extremely dovish, they basically say, yeah. okay, that's the last one. I mean, it was supposed to be, uh, I think, a couple of months ago, uh, Powell said, we only see two more rate hikes in this cycle for a the moment, then we're going to going to take a pause. So this would be that last one anyway. Um, so I could see a, a case there. and But I, I'm, I'm saying they, they need to pause now. I don't think there's any point of them uh, doing 25 basis points because I'll probably just walk, be walking it back in Q3 or Q4 anyway. I'm of strong belief that the US is heading into a recession now, a shallow recession, but a recession nonetheless. Yeah. So we're seeing about... Yeah, I saw your case. note at the
0: beginning of the week. It was good. Anyone yeah. anyone who wants to get a really good note, subscribe to Heath's note if you can. I don't know if you sent it out... Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so I should it's, it it's good it's good literature mate it's really good literature earlier. Thank you. Thank you. I it's, send it it's out very out to wordy.
1: earlier and then I post it on social media about 3 or 4 days later because obviously clients mm. have got to get that uh, information first. Get the edge, edge. Yeah, yeah, get the get the edge, get that trading edge. So now, I, look, I think it would fly in the face of everything they have just mm-hmm. talked about in the last week to 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 raise rates but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. They are so focused on this inflation number. I'm on the point that inflation is is gone. We saw the print this week. Core was a little bit stronger than expected, but seventy percent of the inflation, the the rise in inflation, was from shelter. In the real world, the last eight or nine nine months, house prices and rents have been falling in the US. It's just because of the way they collate the data and present the data that it's still rising within the data. Um, services is the problem, it's sticky with wages. Uh, But even with the NFP last week, we saw wages, wage rises soften. It came in at 0.2% on the month versus the 0.3 expected. Mm. Um, So I think there's enough there. We saw retail sales fall by 0.4%. There's enough there pointing to the economy softening and coming into a recession. And I'm very wary of their construction sector over there as well. So I think there's enough there. And add on this banking fiasco. There's enough there for them to put their hands up and say, hey, we're pausing for a little bit. Let's All right. let All right. the, rest of the rates flow through.
0: Okay. Now, I'm going to make a little bit of money for the show. Uh, Go for it. Mainly that's myself. Now, this this is actually the conversation. This is I, I'm, I'm not reading any copy. I don't have any ads written down or anything like that, but I'm pretty proud of this. This is something that I'm proud of and I want to talk about. I've built a thing or I've managed to get people to build a thing. Something was really annoying me in the market. I've been the ETF guy. For so long, and I still am the ETF guy, but there's always just been this real pain that I've had in my ass, which is the fact that my clients can't get easy access to the managed fund space globally. Getting, getting access to managed funds here is relatively easy, relatively easy. That being said, I think it's still very clunky to, based on how it should be. You know, compared to compared to how easy it is to buy and sell an ETF, you know, going in and out of a managed fund here locally is a real pain. So, and definitely overseas is a real hassle as well. So i managed to put a team together and we've built a, 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 a thing that enables you to be able to buy and sell, get access to buy and sell managed funds or have, have access to the up and down of, of, of the managed fund space, Fantastic. especially, and this is, this is the big clanger in India. No one has access to India uh, and we've built it and, and that's pretty cool. So it's called the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange, uh, AMFEX for short, A Alpha, Mike, I forgot, Foxtrot, Foxtrot, <laughs> Echo, uh, X-Ray, um, and so Ampex. It's I, I didn't get to pick the name, unfortunately. I got to pick a lot of a lot of stuff, but the name didn't. And all of a sudden you get to the end and you've got a name that sounds like the sort yep. of thing that they used to shut down buildings for if it came in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've got a bad case of Ampex. But the that's, so at least you won't forget it. Um, <laughs> but, yes, yeah, it's the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange. And we've built it so it gives you access to, to India. It's very cool. Fantastic. So if if you like the Matthews Credit Growth Fund or something like that, that's only in India, only only over there. That you would never be able to get access to in a, in Australia. You have to be in India investing in India um, unless you manage to jump through these hoops, which we managed to get uh, get done. So we've got the approval to actually invest in to India directly, which is pretty cool. Excellent. So if you that's want to do that, use. do it. Yeah, thank you um, So I'm pretty proud that we've done that. we've built that. Go to the website, everyone have a login. you can start trading, it's set to go. It's ready. Yep. It's done. We've done it. I'm stoked. I can't, I can't believe that we managed to get to you. and you know the best part too. It was we, uh, so ages ago it was a couple of Ukrainian guys doing the build, and they are phenomenal. Fantastic. So it was a little bit it was a little bit delayed because something happened last year and, and one of them actually went and, and fought. I don't know if he was front lines. Oh, wow. more, he's probably a bit more suited to actually doing the, uh, you know, the coding and the hacking that there's yeah. Ukrainian dudes are doing in the backstages. He's a bit more that, that side. So he's helping helping his family stay alive or helping his country remain a country. Yeah. Uh, and then he got back to building. Uh, I said, okay, you've you, you got to get back to work now. I didn't say that. But the um, – so anyway, so that's so that's done. So, so built by Ukrainians, managed by me here, um, and we've got a thing. So go to the website, check it out, do whatever you can. It's – it's going to be huge, and I'm so proud of it, and I'm so stoked, and it's going to be my my big story for 2023.
1: Excellent. You should be proud. Uh, everyone go check it out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, uh, locally, commodities, what happened there? I've uh, been
1: smashed a bit. or well, not smashed. I mean, they've come off a little, little bit of the boil. Um, that uh, reopening trade on China has unwound a little, little bit, and obviously with everything that's happened during the week, I think people are just off risk a little bit, piling into yep. bonds. Um, and and jumping out of risk a little bit. The, the story really hasn't changed there. Um, Chinese data this week came in very mixed. But like I've said before, it's too early for us to be expecting anything too much out of China. Some of their PMI data a couple of weeks ago was really strong, which is great. I'd expect that to remain, remain strong. Um, but, uh, you know, for instance, uh, the Chinese uh, government chucked in another $280 billion one into the uh, MLF this week, which is the most they've done since uh, December 2020. So um, they're really trying to get that credit cycle and those loans out there into the uh, um, mainly into the construction and property sector uh, to mm-hmm. really start getting their uh, economy going. But I think it's going to be more a uh, services and consumer led based recovery we've got uh, similar to what we went through here we've got a lot of consumers with a lot of money sitting in their bank accounts at the moment that want to go out there and spend it and if you look at the uh, travel numbers over there the subway numbers uh, traffic congestion etc they're all rebounding really really quickly back to pre-covid highs
0: yeah i I'm, uh, i absolutely believe that that is the case and that will continue to be the case which is fantastic i am looking at energy i'm looking at these oil players and just thinking there's some steals out there, some absolute steals out there. The theory the theory with this whole thing, and Morgan Stanley uh, put it on their podcast, they, they put it on their note today, yesterday, I think, uh, just talking about the basic theory goes thus. There you go, big words for you on the new podcast, uh, that if you've got heightened bank regulations that come in from this and reduced risk, that will flow through to reduced growth because lending is going to be tighter. Yes, and you need lending to be able to have growth. And so the reason why people have been going, okay, we need to revalue the risk that we've got, is because they see global growth as retracting somewhat. That's the that's the the, the story. If you're wondering what's going on this week, that's what's going on this week. I personally say, you know what? I think that that's been overdone a bit. I think that you've got some great long term plays here and some amazing value in the energy space. And I do still stand by the fact that I think that oil is going to be. I think if if you know, I don't know about a hundred dollars. I hate putting a price on stuff because, you know, all of a sudden, then you got Ken who's just like, "Oh, it was only ninety nine instead of $100. Remember that? They, yes, had to send him a, yep. they had to send him an effing case of Heineken for that. <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> it was a couple of bucks. It got to a hundred like a few weeks into 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 the year, and I didn't get it by Christmas so anyway. Thanks. But no. the, um, so yeah, everyone, I was loud and proud with that idea too. But keep in mind, the oil was like thirty bucks when I called it as well. So yeah, bottom of the basement and- thing. I think
1: you'll find a lot of analysts uh, start downgrading their oil forecast for the year simply because of what's happened this week. You uh, reckon? that oil, oil got smashed quite a bit. It's now in the high 60s. I said uh, a few weeks ago we'd see a six handle on on oil, and uh, yeah. lo and behold, it's happened. Um, I, I do believe we will see 100 bucks again on oil. Maybe not this year, but uh, definitely I think in the first or second quarter next year. I think yep. the uh, Chinese reopening story in terms of oil is a little bit. Um, Skewed, they'll they'll go for their uh, they'll start using their SPR inventories, which are chockers at the moment, to yep. sort of keep prices down, keep inflation intact over there while they uh, reopen. And that demand, that reopening demand, won't be seen until the second half of this year. So I think the second half of this year is going to be a very good one for oil. Um, I think so too. I think it'll be gas. higher.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will be higher. Now here's oh here's nat gas as well. Can you believe this? Yep. They are now. Uh, who was it? Uh, Morgan Stanley's energy guy. He's got a funny. He's got a funny name. He's got a. He's, he's uh, Scandinavian. I forgot his name. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. Super smart. Yeah, super smart guy was talking about. It he was just like, can you believe it now that we've gone from European, uh, European holders to so stockpiles of, of natty, have gone from being where if we've run out to now they've got a topping situation. They're actually oversupplied. Yep. with NAT gas. Yep. So that's now that that's now the part of the cycle where it's like, okay, this is the, the this is the top in stockpiles. Do you call them stockpiles? What do you call them? Uh, inventories. Anyway, invent- yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so European inventories are, are, are through the roof. They actually literally now can't um, can't store anymore. So that does it. It it puts heaps of confidence in the fact that that Russia doesn't have any power in the war anymore. Um, and probably will continue to do stuff in the oil market, whatever they can do with the oil market to try and stuff everyone up in that in that regard. But um, so watch out for Natty. I think, um, I they, think towards they,
1: the end of the year, sorry to cut you off. I think no towards problem. the end of the year, it's going to be a big problem for them again. Um, they got lucky this year in terms of very mild weather, um, yeah. and they just threw everything at it. I don't think they can do that twice in a row.
0: So I think, especially since the cycle now is is turning, because this, this is sort of yeah. what I was saying is that because it's now topped up and supplied. So yep. now the suppliers actually have to have to switch around and, and either supply somewhere else or cut it back cut it back because it's yep. just not worth doing it anymore. No. Um, what does Rob Rennie? Rob Rennie's got a great great quote, which is, "Commodity prices are solved by themselves." I think it's I'm paraphrasing him on that one. Yep. Um, high prices get solved by you got know, high prices and supply comes online, and then you've got low prices, supply comes offline, and that and that resolves itself. So yep. that's um that's going to be seen, I think, in Europe.
1: Yeah, and they 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 can't. Whilst they've done a great job, I saw saw the gas import figures um, versus what they usually import from Russia um, to start the year. They, they were pretty close. They were able to import um, most of what they normally get from Russia. But I don't think they can do that twice in a row. There's still a ways away with having the infrastructure there to be totally uh, off the Russian grid. Um, and, you know, they're likely not to have as mild a winter again Next next time around, it'll probably be obviously. Uh, it looks, you know, if the, all the things line up, like the uh, the weather experts are saying, the climate experts are saying that it, next next winter is going to be probably a, a brutal one for them. So yeah, totally I, I think sense. they're going to have trouble next next year, um, and uh, that may be one to watch in terms of a trade. All
0: right, uh, have you got anything else? Because I've got nothing else, and it's Friday, and it's eleven o'clock, and you know I've got some stuff to do.
1: No, I just fired up the footies back. I sat back last night and watched uh, the Richmond uh, Blues game, and uh, Ah. it was an okay game. Uh, The last few minutes were pretty good, but I'm just happy footies back on our screens. Some footies better than no footy. Some footies better than no footy. I think your Swannies will have a very good year. I think top four is uh, almost a certainty for them. My crows, I think, uh, you know, if we can get 10 wins for the year, I'll be really, really happy with that.
0: That's no, that's set. Set a low bar, mate. I think that's fine. It's <laughs> exactly. um. I have a friend whose son is in the Swans Academy. Yep. And he was saying so every now and then they get to go and train with them and just do, do some weight session in the gym with them. They and they've been with the academy for a while and they're so they've never seen a more focused group of guys to make yep. up for what the, for the disappointment of that final last year or this year. Yeah, it
1: was really a non non event and they really didn't fire a shot last year. Unfortunately, I last year I thought yeah. they were going to win. But uh, obviously they didn't uh, play out. So, uh, But, yeah, I think I have no doubt they will be uh, back up there. They've got a fantastic squad. Yeah,
0: very, very, fo- very focused, my swatties. Uh, that's good. I've been watching the league. league's been fantastic. Um, it's just some absolute barn-burning games going on as well. So we've got Geelong, Collingwood. I'm just going to read them out. You tell me who's going to win. Geelong, Collingwood? Uh, Cats. Uh, North versus West? Uh, North. Port versus Brisbane? Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane. Good port suck. Uh, Melbourne Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, now look, if you're a, if you're a Port Adelaide supporter, <laughs> I don't want your demographic. Switch off the podcast now. Okay. <laughs> Take your business elsewhere. Don't I don't want just stay away. Melbourne Bulldogs, was it?
1: Uh a yeah, I think
0: Melbourne win that. Uh I reckon the Swans are gonna have some trouble with Gold Coast. Coasters, their bogey turn. No, nah, no. Nah, Swans will win that when they're easy. Uh what else we got? Was that the GWS? So uh, Giants versus oh that's next. No,
1: Sunday. This,
0: this Sunday, oh, that's GWS Sunday. GWS Crows. I'm, GWS I'm not
1: confident there. I think GWS will knock us over. They're our bogey team. We've lost to them twice over the last two years by ten goals or more. So uh, why does Port I think- have
0: two? Why does Port have two games in the same weekend?
1: Uh, I don't think they do. I think
0: you're. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you're reading. <laughs> I'm looking at Google, mate. It's coming off the thing. It's got Port Adelaide versus Brisbane tomorrow at four thirty-five, yeah. and then it's got Port Adelaide versus GWS on Sunday the nineteenth of March. Okay. Uh, that's we oh that and then might it's be got, a typo, that's got that's got it that's an error and then it's got yeah.
1: GWS versus Adelaide.
0: Yep. Uh yep. I think
1: GWS win that one
0: unfortunately. Yeah, trying to get that. Uh Hawthorn versus the Bombers. Uh, Bombers. The Bombers. Yep. Uh and Saints versus Frio. I think this is going to be a real close one. I think Frio will get over one though. Yeah. Yeah, but my tipping has been abysmal. Like one of the Absolutely. first I won I won the tipping comp that I was in 2 years in a row. And it's, it was getting to the stage where I don't think I was gonna get invited back. Um, <laughs> and so I really I just I just didn't care last year and I've sort of lost the touch now. He says Tank, as if I could just pick and choose. Tanking hey? for draft you're
1: tanking for I, draft
0: picks. I, I was tanking so I get invited back. This <laughs> yeah. you know, this happened to me when I was I was in an NRL tipping comp where you had to pay it was fifty bucks a head with all yeah. the boys and they all went to, to Leo's, one of the schools that's up on the north, um up on the north side. Mm-hmm. And they were, and I was the only one that didn't, they've had this tipping comp for ages. Huge thing, big end of season, one of those classic end of season sort of things where they spend all the money and it's all just fantastic. Um, you know, the winner gets a couple of hundred bucks, which is pretty big money for us young men back then. Yep. Um, and I was going to – it was always really tense, always – and I, I'd be sort of middle of the ground, you know, maybe third or fourth or something like that, um, and no one as good. I was going to Europe with the wife and I pre-set all of my tips so I just went, you know what, I've got four four or five weeks of tips. Now, you didn't have to pay your money until round four, round five. Yep. And when I got back from Europe, I had tipped seven out of eight or six out of seven or however many games there were, but two perfect rounds as well. And so I was about 15 points ahead of anyone else. Do you think any of those guys paid their money or do you think they just said <laughs> tipping comps over, Jimmy's out? And they did. And I was just like, I can't, like, I absolutely robbed. Robbed. Yep. Blind. Yeah. yep. yep. Um, yep.
1: And, and and unfortunately for your uh, your East Coast listeners, especially those in New South Wales and Queensland, uh, I I have no interest in rugby or NRL <laughs> or anything. I do not understand. Or I do understand the game. It just doesn't. Uh, I remember uh, in the nineties going to a couple of Adelaide Rams games when the Super League was around. I I bring it back. the Super League. I, I got free tickets to that. For 15, I Almost fell asleep uh, on the hill watching that game. So, <laughs> I, I rugby is not for me. I've tried to get into it. I
0: can't can't get into
1: it. Unfortunately, uh, so COVID.
0: Covid switched no. me around. Oh, beautiful. beautiful! Yeah, covid covid switched me around. I was a huge AFL fan. Used to play, um, and then covid rugby league. It's much. It's it, they made it interesting. And in the I don't think the AFL did. So that's sort of I, I'm sticking. I'm sticking to that. Um, I watch the Swans games and I watch the NRL. That's how I go. Beautiful, um, mate. That's all that we got time for. Thank you very much for your participation and your ongoing. Thanks for having me on. Presence. It's going to be great. Mm. Um, the way that we continue through with this way and backed by. Our sponsorship partner Amfex. If you've got a case of Amfex, come and talk to me. Um, but the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Go and check out the website. Do a login. If you want to chuck some money in, whatever it is, but please come back with feedback. I want to know. I want to know if there's any bugs because I don't think there is. I've tested this hard, um, and I want to. I want to get some feedback on exactly what uh, what you think of it. And thank you very much for them for sponsoring the show. It's basically me sponsoring the show, so that's how it goes. Um. Beautiful. Um. Mate, that's it. Thanks very much. All right, thanks, and we'll uh, speak next week. Okay, mate, bye. You can find us on iTunes, at The Bip Show, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter, at the underscore Bip underscore show, and we're on Facebook too. Just search for The Bip Show. I've got a website. Just Google Wheelan Capital. It's got all of the links and all of the documents that you want to know. Individually, I am at James Whelan 42 on Twitter. The show is produced by whoever I could find on the day. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. The uh-huh